Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Welcome to the 15th session of Midnight Moments. So yesterday we were talking about engaging the body as a critical role in coming into states of presence and integrating the inner with the outer to actualize this, you know, walking the path of Islam in the world. And so today we'll talk about how establishing routines uh, of practice is, is essential in rooting ourselves in this, in this place um, and creating a sustainable container so that we can balance the spiritual with the corporeal or physical reality. So, but first I wanted to answer a few questions from yesterday about engaging the body because there were some good questions and I wanted to touch on them before we move on. So there was a question, can you please talk about the connection between different postures of Salat and spiritual significance? So this is a good, this is important because it's again, bringing into focus the importance of the body and how it's integrated with our ibadah. Um, so there's a lot to be said about this, but just briefly, so, um, Salah is, is, it's really the, the embodiment of our faith on so many levels. Um, the postures are physical manifestations of the words that we are reciting, right? So the words are like abstract and the, the, the movements are physical. So this manifestation, so it's bringing together the unseen and the manifest, the spiritual and the physical. And so, uh, a lot of scholars have said a lot of things about these postures, but uh, in short, when we stand in Qiyam, the Qiyam position, it's we're, we're upright and we're in this, um, you know, only humans stand like this upright. And it is this vertical axis to where we are, you know, connected to Allah through this Ruh, right? And then when we prostrate the uh, uh, Sujood, it's this horizontal axis, um, so in the earthly realm. And so it embodies our physical nature. You know, we put our head on the earth. We're made of earth, made of clay, and in this state of servanthood. Uh, and then in between these, this, these two axes, we do the ruku. When we bow, it is this intermediary position between the ruh and the nafs, similar to the model, where we have, this is the nature of our soul in that, you know, the kalb has this ability to turn and, and to prostrate itself. Um, so it's this intermediary become between coming into humility. And then the jalous position, the sitting position, is this uh, place where we're integrating those two realms where we're stabilized, like we're in this very stable position and combining this earthbound body with this upright elevated ruh because you're sitting, but also you're upright. Um, SubhanAllah, it's, it's uh, amazing. And then there's other things that um, represent like the qiyam position, representing again, the human being, the animal realm, and then sujood, the vegetal realm, like the, the plants have roots in the ground, right? And then the jalous, the stable position is like the, the mineral world. Um, so you can, there's a lot to be said about this, but it's an important thing to understand. 
And uh, there's a good course by Samir Mahmoud uh, uh, online learning platform. It's called Meanings of Prayer. So I recommend you check it out. He gets into detail about these positions of Salat. And then another question was, uh, has any reference been made by Islamic thinkers about the following questions? Do specific emotions rest in certain areas of the body and are memories stored in the body? So yes, memories are stored in the body. And the way that we understand this is from the ayah in Surah Al-Nur, on the day when their tongues and their hands and their feet will bear witness against them as to what they used to do. Right, so we know we hear this, this ayah and we think of it as this sort of abstract, almost poetic thing, but the reality is that our, our limbs uh, know what we do, right? And so there's this knowledge, this stored awareness in our bodies of what we do. And so that's both with what we, uh, what we have done with them, what we have chosen and what has happened to us. So both storing trauma as well as sort of what we bring on ourselves. If you'll remember, so in the ayah it says with their tongues, their hands and their feet. And you remember um, that uh, we talked about these different limbs, these six senses really are doorways or pathways to the heart. And, and when we do muhasaba, we're supposed to look at what are we doing with these, with our limbs and taking account, right? And so that what we have done with them does get stored in the body. And then the other question about the, uh, do specific emotions uh, rest in areas of the body? So there's a long tradition of in Islamic medicine and Unani Tib and the, the whole Hakim tradition that understands this in a very deep level with the humors, um, the elements of earth, fire, air, and water in the body, and that tracing emotions uh, to to emotional imbalance and specific locations of the body. And so we can actually heal in this way by, by um, tuning into the body and healing these imbalances can heal the soul. And so if you look at all of the early uh, Islamic physicians uh, like Tabari, Majusi, Arazi, um, and then later on Ibn Sina, who's, who's known as the father of modern medicine, um, they were all, you know, most of these scholars, these early scholars were polymaths. And so it's not because they were overachievers where they did medicine and philosophy, and, but because all these are integrated and there's an understanding that there isn't a separation between the body and the soul and, the, and the, these different realms. And so with this knowledge, this holistic integrated knowledge, it would be absurd to study the body without the soul. And so it's understanding that for sure, uh, what we what we carry in our hearts and you know these emotional blockages also manifest in the body because it's one system, and so we've just lost touch with this integral aspect of understanding the spiritual realm, and it's why um, you know we really need to to reincorporate these wisdoms. Um, in our understanding, because we become so disconnected. So, uh, moving on to to the topic for today, I want to talk about. So, in in order to to create a container, 
and to really benefit from all of these practices we've been talking about, like tafakkur and hasaba, and um, these physical, you know, incorporating physical practices and having a program and coming back into these things that we've lost touch with, uh, we need to establish them as patterns in our life. In the Quran, it talks about, when it talks about the salah, it says establish the salah. And some, you know, some way of understanding is establish it in your community, but really first it's about establishing it in your own life, in your own routine. It's not saying just pray salah, it's saying establish it. What that means is it's a pattern over time and when you have this in place over time, then you see the, the benefits from it because it creates this structure in your being. And it, it sort of uh, regulates you. Um, but it needs to be over time established, right? And so we're habitual creatures. And it's our nature to follow patterns. But if we don't put in place good patterns and in um, not only good, but these perfected patterns that we've been given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, to, to attune us to this reality, then otherwise we'll, we'll follow other habits, right? We're habitual. So we talk about you have bad habits, right? Those bad habits usually form from not being conscious, uh, right? You, you start doing certain things and you do them habitually. Um, and so there's still habits, but we need to, it's not conscious. So we need to be conscious about what we're making habits and we need to make it constant. So this, this notion of constancy is really key. So in, um, there's a hadith in Sahih Bukhari, uh, the most beloved deeds to Allah is the most regular and constant, even if it were little. And sometimes this word, the key here of understanding is it's more important in this in this hadith is what it's saying is there's more important that we carry on with something than than that we commit to a lot of things right more important that we choose something small and manageable but that we stick to it rather than trying to do everything at once and then not being able to follow through and so there's this distinction you know this word that is used really means long lasting and that's different than consistent uh, it's, it's a subtle difference. So constant is better way of understanding it. It's not necessarily about doing something the same way every time, um, but it's about doing it every time, right? And so the 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 you know when we when we get stuck on doing things the right way or the best way and consistent, it sometimes keeps us from following through because we think we're not doing it right or we're not doing it well. And so we sort of give up on ourselves. Oh, well, I'm not good at this. You know, I always hear when we're talking about learning to do this practice of tafakkur and come into this place of peace, people often say, you know, I'm not good at it. it doesn't, it's not working for me. Um, I've tried it a few times and I couldn't focus. Um, and so there's, you know, there's something to be said about you, you. You don't really taste something. You don't really know something until you've done it consist constantly for about a month you know 30 to 40 days which is subhanallah this month of ramadan is is amazing because we you know you get uh, by the end of the month we're, we're at this point in the time where we're sort of used to fasting now right it becomes instilled in us and so um the key is is to that you 
keep this place in your routine. So if you're so the same with salah, but if we're going to add other things to keep us um, in a state of remembrance, so it's not just when we come to praying five times a day, but coming into a place where we're in a state of a dhikr as, as, as much throughout the day as possible, even while we're in our lives doing our work and dealing with the hustle and bustle. Um, it's about creating, uh, you know, keeping this placeholder of the thing that you've committed to, even if it's little. And it's okay if it's little, as it's better that it's constant, long has longevity. And what this does is it creates stability in our lives. Um, you remember we talked about this posture of uh, jalus is this this mineral aspect and this uh, like a that's stable, right? And so we need to be firm in our bodies, in our experience of the earth, while still being upright and connected to our spiritual nature. And so. This, we're creating this container in our being. Um, and the human nature is to fluctuate. Remember when we talked about the qalb, the heart, that it, it changes, it turns so much. It's like a, uh, the Prophet said it's like a bubbling pot of water. And so we go through so many states throughout the day, just this natural uh, ups and downs of hum being human, that the constancy, the constant practice helps create like a, a tight rope without having too much slack in these ups and downs. And so the more frequent and, and constant your practice is, it tightens this rope. So this is like the rope of Allah. We talk about the Quran and Sunnah as the rope of Allah, but the whole package of this, of, of this guidance of how to be in the world and maintain um, is the structure that we need to keep us in alignment and allow for our fitra to be sort of realized and accessed. And then inshallah, we can work on the consistency aspect of through ihsan and, and having ikhlas, having sincerity and working on trying to have the quality there each time. However, we just, we need to be merciful with ourselves. Remember we talked about uh, self-love and mercy. And so, you know, Oftentimes we have these high standards for ourselves that really keep ourselves from just carrying on. Um, you're not going to be able to do everything perfect every time because you're a human being and you fluctuate. But if you have this constant practice that you come back to no matter what, even if you're not in a good state, you don't feel like doing it. If you uh, aren't doing it well, you still keep coming back. Um, you hold that place in your routine. So as we still have this blessed, this blessings of this month of Ramadan, uh, think about what you can carry into the year, you know, that you can commit to uh, something small and sustainable. I'm not saying, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do is everything that I was doing in Ramadan. I'm going to fast all this more and I'm going to read the Quran, you know, once a month, you know, maybe you won't be able to, but pick something from sort of what we've been talking about, these different practices. and something that you can keep constant with, that you don't leave. And whether that be tafakkur, mahasaba, a physical activity, exercise, something to keep you grounded and present so that once we go back into our normal lives or who knows what the new normal is now, but you know we're gonna have to deal with managing chaos and conflict. So tomorrow we'll talk about how this can build these practice of, of having a constant uh, routine can really build resiliency 
um, to manage these trials and distractions of our of our of our regular lives and the sort of things that we can't control, right? Um, and so, for those of you who may be interested in delving deeper into this sort of commitment to overhauling your life and routine, um, uh, to integrate these spiritual wisdoms in like a practical way. The, the Productive Muslim Company some, does some great work in this area. And I'm actually uh, of integrating Islam with, with practical personal development. And so I've been doing a, an advanced masterclass with them. Um, it's a two-part course that gets sort of deeper into the weeds of, of really understanding all these things from sleep cycles to um, uh, the way that we eat and exercise and, and how it affects our being. So I will provide a, a link for some, uh, a link where you can link to that course to find out more about it. Um, and then also on my website, there's other courses coming up that you can uh, sign up for to get notified about. Um, so I'll take one question before we go. Um, so how, how do you establish a pattern of how much, how do you establish a pattern of how much should we fight sleep to stay up longer at night and in the early morning? Should we ultimately aim to sleep less overall? So um, here's the thing is, you know, if we're, and this is some of the things we talk about in this course actually, is, uh, you know, there's all these sleep studies that talk about that we need eight hours of sleep. Um, and that's true if you're not use, if you're not using this time when you wake up in the middle of the night to connect and do these practices of contemplation, then you need eight hours of sleep because the body needs to regenerate. But if you're practicing tafakkur and coming, waking up at night, praying qiyam, and then spending time in this place of stillness and rest, you know, that's what we're doing is our, our soul, our being is coming into rest, inshallah. And, this, and so how we get rejuvenated in this. And so you actually don't need as much sleep. Um, and there's, so this is the sort of secret in this. Um, so you have to, you have to find it, how it works for you. And, but I know from my own experience that when I do, um, when I have not gotten up for prayer and I say, you know, I tell myself, oh, we need sleep because all these sleep studies say you need sleep. I'm actually more tired than when I get up for Qiyam and I do my practices and it's constant. You know, sometimes you're not going to feel this if you just do it infrequently. But if you establish it, I actually find that I have more energy with less sleep. And so there's a reality to sort of the baraka in that. Um, so uh, I think this answers also the question. Somebody else had the same question. So inshallah, we will uh, talk about tomorrow on this and and how what it can do for us sort of building resiliency for all of this uh increasing and changing world of difficulties that we live on so inshallah hope to see you again tomorrow thanks for joining me assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh